0: This is Judd Collins, and I'm sitting here with Billie Jean Parker, sister of Bonnie Parker. Our purpose is to learn the truth about Bonnie and Clyde. You've heard, seen, and been told many things about the lives of Bonnie and Clyde. And here we will find out the truth. The facts about these two people from the one person who really knows. I might add that Billie Jean Parker served time for harboring and aiding Bonnie and Clyde. She was sentenced to a year in prison for this. Billie Jean was with Bonnie and Clyde off and on throughout their careers. And she knew them better than anybody. Billie Jean, having heard so much about your sister and her sweetheart... Let me begin by asking you what sort of girl was Bonnie Parker.
1: Bonnie was, um, um, she had a wonderful personality. She was a kind person.
0: Having known her so well, were you surprised that she had such a tragic and sensational life?
1: Was I surprised? Yes.
0: There have been some differing stories about how she met Clyde. Tell us how these two people really got together.
1: We had a very good friend, and uh, she had an accident. She broke her arm. Bonnie wasn't working at the time, so she went out to take care of the lady. And uh, she met Clyde through this lady. Clyde was a friend of the lady. And they started going together. They went together for mm, maybe a month or so. And Clyde went to the penitentiary. I don't know how long he got, I may, maybe two years.
0: Why was he sent to the penitentiary?
1: He had, uh, uh, well, he was just a uh, boy that was, you know, it was during the Depression. And I guess he was, I uh, figured that he was denied a lot of things that other boys had. I think he started maybe stealing hubcaps and...
0: Were these two people ever married? No. What did your parents think about this romance?
1: My mother? My mother, um, um, she... At that time, Bonnie had a mind of her own. Mother didn't like uh, her going with Clyde after Clyde had been in penitentiary. But, as I say, Bonnie was in love with Clyde. They were in love with each other.
0: Was Clyde a bad man?
1: Clyde wasn't a bad man, no.
0: What set him off? What triggered his bad moments?
1: Well, he made this one mistake. He went to the penitentiary. He served his time. He came out. Clyde started to work. At that time, it was during the Depression. And uh, each time that uh, something happened, the police went to Clyde's jobs. Well, after so many times there... On the job, question him, he would lose that job. Time after time. And jobs were scarce. Clyde just finally gave up.
0: Well, what do you think Bonnie and Clyde really wanted out of life?
1: Well, they wanted what anyone else, any other two people that were in love, they wanted to live right, they wanted to be married, live right. But, um... Seemed like this happened, you know. Everything happened just all at once. And they went so far that they were afraid that they couldn't, you know, give up. Bonnie wanted, uh, we talked to her so many times and I begged her to give up. She didn't want to put my mother through all of the, you know, going through trials and this and that for the things that she had been accused of. Was, she didn't think she had a chance.
0: Was Clyde the sort of man that you could have loved?
1: Yes, Clyde was a, a likable person. And he was good to her. You know what I mean? Uh, After they started out and all, his his main thoughts were of her.
0: Was this a serious love affair? It
1: was. It was.
0: It wasn't just a physical attraction.
1: No, it wasn't.
0: Were they the sort of people who, uh, who had ambitions for a family? Yes. Do you think, uh, had they lived, that they could have ever adjusted to normal life? Sure. Who were the people closest to Bonnie and Clyde?
1: Well, Bonnie and I were always close. That's why I was with them so many times. And and, uh, whenever she was sick, I went, regardless of where it was.
0: Did they have many friends? No. Did Clyde have any personal friends?
1: They didn't trust anybody.
0: Did they trust you?
1: They trusted me, yes.
0: What sort of hobbies did they
1: have? They couldn't have too many hobbies. I mean, everything they were confined, you know. They couldn't, they went to movies once in a while, not often. They couldn't go to restaurants or hotels. They lived, uh, the biggest part of the time, out in the woods.
0: Do you have any idea what set off this desire for money that Clyde must have had?
1: Depression.
0: Would Clyde have been successful in a business? I believe so. What were his talents?
1: Well, um, he was musically inclined.
0: What about his education?
1: Not much education.
0: And how about Bonnie's education?
1: Uh, I think uh, Bonnie went through the 10th grade.
0: Did they have a desire to travel other than as fugitives? No. Were Bonnie's taste in clothes any different from the other girls? No. How about uh, her hairstyles?
1: Well, you know, at that time, uh, you went to the beauty shop when you got a permanent. And then you did your hair. She kept her hair, you know, fixed nice all the time, even under those conditions.
0: So she was a girl with a certain amount of pride.
1: Yes, yes. They were always clean. They had good clothes.
0: Was Clyde a good dresser?
1: Yes, he was.
0: Billie Jean, what sort of religious background did Bonnie have?
1: When we were all at home, we went to uh, church, Sunday school, every Sunday. We walked three miles. My mother would take us. There was nothing wrong with, with her background. There was nothing wrong with... It was just one of those things that she fell in love with him. And
0: You're saying then that if, if Bonnie had not met Clyde, she probably would be alive and a well-adjusted person today? Yes. Billie Jean, did you ever travel with them?
1: Yes, I was with them for um, uh, one time, three weeks. And then uh, a lot of times that they would come home and maybe she would say, oh, I wish you could go with us. I-, I get so lonesome to talk about home. And then I would go, maybe for two or three days. We'd get our talk over. And uh, I, whenever, uh, she was sick several times. And I went to her, each time.
0: Was she afraid at that time?
1: She was. Uh, she was afraid. Yes.
0: Were you afraid when you traveled with them?
1: Uh, I was afraid uh, for. I was. I, I never. And uh, all the time we didn't have money, and I remember once that uh, there were six of us. And uh, we couldn't get, but uh, we couldn't get a room. We only had about two or three dollars. We couldn't get a room for everyone, so my sister and this other girl and I let the boys out down the highway, and uh, we rented the cabin. So um, the lady let us, three of us, have one cabin, you know, and we were in there for a little while, and Clyde and, and these other two boys climbed in the window so the lady had uh, been back once with the towels and the water and uh, we thought that was over you know and and uh, so we let him in the window and it wasn't long till she was knocking on the door well we had to hide them and there was a uh it was a oh a, not a good room you know not for two dollars and uh, so we hid them behind this curtain which it liked about two feet coming on a uh, foot coming on down to the here she came back for something, and uh, we were scared to death that she's going to look over there and see the three men's feet. Well, you know, it was just one of those things that uh, we thought was real cute after it was, was over.
0: You still got the room for $2.
1: We got the room for
0: $2. What about the guns? Did you see the guns they carried?
1: Yes, I saw the guns. They didn't ever have any machine guns. They had pistols and a sawed-off shotgun.
0: Did you ever see him use them? No. How often did they come to Dallas?
1: About uh, sometimes once a month. How we got and they got in touch with us. Clyde's daddy had a filling station, and uh, they would come by and have a note, and throw it uh, and put it in a coat ball or something, and throw it out the filling station. And Clyde's father would pick it up, and they would tell us where to meet him. So many times that they'd come in even in daytime. I remember that several times that uh, Clyde had uh, a red wig Bonnie had purchased for Clyde. And uh, in the daytime, she would put the wig on him and put lipstick on him and fix his face up, you know. And uh, one time when he was fixed up like that, coming in, he ran into a deputy sheriff. And this deputy sheriff had put Clyde in jail so many times. It was out on uh, close to Irving, it's a little town, and uh the deputy sheriff waved at Clyde, Clyde waved deputy sheriff, never did know who they were.
0: Some people are under the impression that Clyde was not a normal person, that he may have been a homosexual. What can you tell us about this?
1: Clyde was just as normal as is any person I have ever known. I remember another time that uh I was with them and we were in a motel and they needed guns. And uh, there was an armory in this town. So the three men, Clyde and the other two men, they went over to the armory and broke into the, this place. And uh, so while they were in there, they got the soldier uniforms and uh, they got a, old boxes and boxes of guns. So of course we were all back at the motel, the three of us, and scared to death. And up drove this car. Three men get out dressed in these guard suits and like scared us to death. We started climbing out the windows to run. And it was them. Well, they had all these guns. So uh, we the next day, we didn't uh, even look at them. The next day, uh, we went way out in the country, close to a lake. And we started looking in the boxes, the guns, and uh, they didn't know that in, a, in an armory that just parts of a gun, you know, maybe the stock or whatever it is, is in one box, and the other part of it is maybe in another room somewhere. So we had dozens and dozens of pieces of guns, so we threw them in the lake.
0: Who was Raymond Hamilton?
1: Raymond Hamilton was... Um, a boy uh, from West Dallas and uh, he and Clyde used to be good friends and uh, Raymond went to the penitentiary and Clyde got Raymond out of the penitentiary. He hid some guns on the farm and let Raymond know where the guns were. So it was a real foggy misty morning and uh, Raymond and several more prisoners darted toward the guns. And I found the guns, and in this break, there was one guard killed. But Clyde got Raymond out of the penitentiary.
0: Who put the guns there for them? Clyde. Did you drive Bonnie and Clyde uh, on their trips? No. Who was their chauffeur?
1: Clyde was.
0: Didn't they have another chauffeur?
1: I have never seen anybody drive that car but Clyde.
0: You've told us that Bonnie was sick from time to time. Was she ever hurt?
1: Yes, um, Clyde and Bonnie had a car whack. They were uh, driving down the highway, and they were uh, had been repairing uh, the highway. There were no signs, you know, detour signs. So as they were going up this little hill, well, Clyde made the remark, hold your hats, might not have a bottom. Well, it didn't have a bottom. So they went down and the car caught on fire. Bonnie's leg, all the muscle. She was burned to the bone on her calf for leg and the tendons back here cut. I mean burn. She never was. She never walked anymore. Straight. She walked with a lamp, a bad lamp. She never got over that. So that was one of the times that I went to uh, to her. Clyde came after me and they were in Arkansas, it was all in this motel. The lady in band that had the motel, they were real nice. Of course, they didn't know who we were or anything. And they'd bring Bonnie's lunch over, and you know, and their daughter was a nurse, and she doctored her quite a few times, you know, doctored her leg. So um, these other uh, two men that were with them, they uh, left. They had two cars. They left and they had a car wreck. They came back and they were they were hurt. One's ankle was almost broken and they had knots and all over their heads and oh, they looked terrible. And we had to leave. And we only had one car and it was a roadster. So, uh, we had to have blankets. It was cool at night, you know, and we knew that we'd have to go out in the woods. it was we had to have blankets and clean sheets for Bonnie. So um, Clyde took the blankets and the clean sheets and he left $10 on the Chester drawers for, you know, to pay for the sheets and the blankets. So we, were, we went out in the woods and stayed for a couple of days. And we went to a filling station to get some gas. And all of them had, like I say, they had black eyes and skins on their head and, Bonnie was sick, and and, uh, Clyde made the remark. The filling station man kept looking at me, and he looked at all the rest of them. Clyde made the remark after we left. "Mm, I bet that filling station man thought, "Mm, that red-headed woman, she got mad and whipped them all.
0: (laughs) That's a good bit. Do you feel that proper medical attention would have prevented the limp that she had?
1: No, I don't think so.
0: No way. That she could have done the things that she was supposed to have done with this limp.
1: Uh, That's right. She was, uh, you know, she was accused of so many things. Bonnie could never walk straight. Bonnie could never drive a car. In fact, I never heard or saw Bonnie drive a car in all of her life. But she, she could never walk straight. She walked with a bad limp. She couldn't have done anything. We, she had to be helped in the car.
0: She did not get around very she well. She
1: did not get around.
0: Clyde, have any brothers or sisters?
1: Yes, he had. Uh, one of his brothers was with him during this time. Who was it? That was Buck Barrow.
0: Most brothers clown around and have a lot of fun together. What sort of relationship was there between Clyde and Buck?
1: Oh, they clowned around a lot. I remember Buck always wanted to be a doctor. So um, we were. Uh, it was the time that I was with him. And uh, they borrowed this doctor's car. It had his kit in there. So we went out in the woods, and there's a big lake, a beautiful lake there. And Clyde just, Buck just kept saying, Clyde, let me give you a shot. Let me give you a shot. And he kept, you know, listening there. Buck got some medicine and put it in this needle, and he shot Clyde in the arm. Clyde just killed over. It, like, scared Buck to death. We knew that Clyde was putting on, you know. And that Buck takes Clyde out and dumps him in this lake. You know, he's scared to death, that he has killed Clyde. I mean, they just, you know, were really cut-ups. And uh, they were, um, Buck was killed. They had a, a gun battle of some sort. Buck was injured. He was shot through the head. They, um went to this uh, park and they stayed for maybe two or three days. Buck kept getting worse and worse and one of them went to, uh, Clyde went to town to get some bandages, medicine, and uh, he was followed. So the first thing that uh, they knew, they were surrounded. That's when Buck was captured and that's when Buck's wife was captured. Buck was taken to the Perry Highway Hospital in Iowa. We didn't have, um, my mother and I and Mrs. Barrow and Mrs. Barrow's son and another lady went from Dallas to Perry Highway in a T-Model Ford. We didn't have any money, but one of the deputy sheriffs in Dallas gave my mother the expense money for us to go up there. I, you know, lost my job and just person knew that I was going to lose my job. So he paid a month's rent on our house. While we were gone, we stayed up there about two weeks. Buck never regained consciousness. But he was in a coma, and I stayed right there. He kept holding my hand, begging me not to leave. He thought I was his wife. And I was with him when he died. Mrs. Barrow sent him back to Dallas, and he was buried in Dallas. And later, Clyde was buried next to his brother, Buck.
0: What sort of ambitions did Bonnie have?
1: Well, Bonnie was uh, musically inclined. She played the piano. Uh, my mother um, gave us all piano lessons. She just finally stopped giving, uh, letting Bonnie take them because she'd play by ear, not by note. She could hear a song and she'd go home and play it.
0: What sort of music did she like?
1: Well, she liked Jimmy Rogers. She she had every record that he ever made.
0: The singing breakman? Mm-hmm. Did she uh, have any acting ambition?
1: Yeah, she acted. Uh, in all the plays in school, she acted. And uh, I know so many times that uh, a lot of times we'd go fishing on on Saturdays. And I've always been a fisherman. And she didn't care anything about She was all over acting, you know, all over the a river acting and singing and everything and I'd tell her, be quiet. I couldn't catch any fish. She said, oh, you'll be sorry. When I'm on Broadway and I have my name in the light, you'll be sorry you talk to me like this.
0: Was she a good actress? She was. Billie Jean, what was Bonnie's outlook on life?
1: Well, Judd, I think I could tell it better by reading the poem that Bonnie wrote. You think that's all right? Yes. Okay. You have heard the story of Jesse James, of how he lived and died. If you're still in need of something to read, here's the story of Bonnie and Clyde. Now, Bonnie and Clyde are the Barrow gang, I'm sure you all have read, how they rob and steal, and how those who squeal are usually found dying or dead. There are lots of untruths to these write-ups. They are not so merciless as that. They hate all the laws, the stool pigeons, spotters, and rats. They class them as cold-blooded killers. They say they are heartless and mean, but I say this with pride that I once knew Clyde when he was honest and upright and clean. But the law, lawfully round kept tracking him down and locking him up in a cell, till he said to me, I will never be free, so I'll meet a few of them in hell. This road was so dimly lighted, there was no highway sign to guide, but they made up their minds if the roads were all blind They wouldn't give up till they died. The roads get dimmer and dimmer. Sometimes you can hardly see. Still it's fight man to man and do all you can, for they know they can never be free. If they try to act like citizens and rent them a nice little flat, about the third night they are invited to fight with a submachine gun, rat-a-tat-tat. If a policeman is killed in Dallas and they have no clues for a guide, if they can't find the fiend, they just wipe the slate clean and hang it on Bonnie and Clyde. Two crimes have been done in America, not accredited to the bearer a mob, for they had no hand in the kidnapping demand or the Kansas City Depot job. A newsboy once said to his buddy, I wished old Clyde would get jumped. In these awful hard times, we might make a few dimes if five or six laws got bumped. The police haven't got the report yet, sending wireless today saying we have a peace flag of white we stretch out at night we have joined the NRA they don't think they're too tough or desperate but they know the law always wins they have been shot at before but they do not ignore that death was the wages of sin from heartbreak some people have suffered from weariness, some people have died but take it all in all our troubles are small till we get like Bonnie and Clyde some day they will go down together and they will bury them side by side. To a few, it means grief. To the law, it's relief, but it's death to Bonnie and Clyde.
0: You said you met Bonnie and Clyde on several occasions. Did anything unusual happen during these meetings?
1: Yes, um, we met them one night. There was, um, my mother and, uh, Clyde's mother and his sister and brother, and, uh, the man that was driving the car. We were, uh, we usually met them in a field where we could see for miles, you know. So we drove down and we had a signal, just turn on the lights off and on so many times and they'd know it was us and we'd know it was them. So we drove on down the field. She didn't want to go down there. Bunny said, Clyde, let's don't go. I I don't feel right. And he said, oh, they're already parked. So let's go on. They did, and they got in the car, about a car's length in front of us. And all these, sound like firecrackers. Oh, just popping. Then I realized that it was guns. So the boy that was driving the car had never turned his lights out. He had the lights trained right on the car, on Bunny and Clyde. I reached over and turned off the lights. We backed out. We took Mother and Mrs. Barra up to a schoolhouse. The rest of us went back to uh, just, you know, see if maybe the car was there, see if they, what we could do, see if there's hurt or something. We just drove in. Well, the paper said five or six main deputies were, you know, out and uh, they had a running gun battle with Bonnie and Clyde. And there were about 50 policemen. Bonnie and Clyde, I don't know how they got through the field, but they did. The car was all shot up. Bonnie and Clyde were were wounded real bad. So um, they drove and drove and drove. They were both bleeding so bad. They made it to a well, way out maybe West Texas somewhere. They made it to a well. Clyde got out of the car and he had to crawl to the well. He crawled so far and he passed completely out from loss of blood. Bonnie saw him crawling. She was trying to get out of the car. They don't know how long they lay there, but Bonnie woke up with Clyde, bathing her wounds. He had finally made it to get the water and she woke up with him bathe in her wounds. They were injured real bad. They left there and they went to Oklahoma. They knew some of Pretty Boy Floyd's people. They stayed there and were taken care of by some of Pretty Boy Floyd's people.
0: Did Clyde ever kidnap anybody?
1: Yes, they were in Oklahoma once and They looked behind and a deputy sheriff was trailing them. Oh, he followed them for miles. And Clyde pulled aside. He said, I'm just gonna take that little man. So he got out and the deputy sheriff stopped. Clyde went over there, got him, put him in his car. Well, he kept him about almost a week. And uh, so when they let him go, it was away up uh, in Kansas or someplace, you know. So uh, they told him, Give us time, give us an hour anyway to get away." And he said, all right. So he gave him more than an hour. So when we all had our trial, they had this deputy sheriff uh, as a witness. So they asked about this particular time, and he said he was never treated any better in his life than they did. When well, they ate, he ate. He wasn't t- tied to trees, which the you know newspaper said he had been tied to trees and mistreated and all. And uh, he said uh, he really enjoyed being around them. Just two kids, he really enjoyed them. And told how much in love they were and all, you know. And he said, uh, of course, but in that length of time, his shirt was dirty and all. Said Bonnie had Clyde to give.
0: Them when Clyde pulled a hold up?
1: Yes, I was one time. I didn't know that he was, uh, you know, going to hold up anybody. He parked on a little side street and he, he walked on around the corner, but he left the motor running and she was in the back seat. So I saw him a few minutes. I looked back and I saw him walking through the churchyard real easy like, you know. I reached over cause we didn't have any money and not much gas. I reached over to turn the key off. I didn't know that he had gone in and and had helped up somebody for some money. And he was in a hurry, of course, when he got in the car and he pitched the money over in my lap and it like to scared me to death. I didn't know what he'd done. And then he got all over me for turning the key off, you know, so we started on down and it was a fine mist of rain. This black mud and this little country road and we, the road was so slick that we made a turn complete turn, and there was a deep ditch on the side, and he liked about three inches going off in that ditch, the back tires. I got out with Clyde to see you know what I if we could do anything, and when I saw what predicament it like scared me to death, and Bonnie kept saying, "Jean, go, go, don't don't be caught with us, we're going to be caught right now, don't be caught with us and I started walk. I walked about three steps and I looked back, I couldn't leave her. So I walked back to the car and Clyde ran across the, jumped the ditch and went over and tore some barbed wire off the man's fence and he put it on the his front bumper and we waited for the first person to come, come by. It was a lady and her son, had a brand new car, so Clyde said if you'll pull me out of this, well." I'll give you $20. And she said, Percy, you know what happened last time we pulled somebody? It dented our car. It scraped up her car. Anyway, she let us um, hitch onto her, and they pulled us out. But all, all people were gathering, you know. And Bonnie kept telling me, mingle with the crowd. Leave with them. Leave with the crowd. Don't, don't let them know that you're with us. I couldn't do it. I had to go along with her because she was sick. And uh, I couldn't leave her anyway, regardless of what would have happened so um they pulled us out and Clyde cut the wire real quick and spun around them and away we went yeah that's that's the only time that I know of that I have ever been was ever with Clyde when he helped up anybody and I didn't know that he was holding him up and I know she didn't or she never would have let me turn the key off
0: Billie Jean, how long were Bonnie and Clyde fugitives?
1: I, I'd say around two or two and a half years.
0: Do you have any idea how many banks he robbed?
1: Two banks is all that I think that Clyde robbed.
0: He had a reputation for hitting banks all over the Southwest.
1: Clyde didn't. Clyde didn't live high. Clyde mostly robbed filling stations. Major filling stations, no small ones. He always figured that the major filling stations could afford to lose money more than the little man.
0: Do you have any idea how many people Clyde was supposed to have killed?
1: No, I don't have any idea. I know how many that... Uh, I couldn't even say how many he was accused of killing.
0: Were the newspapers fair to Bonnie and Clyde? No,
1: they were not.
0: Were you ever with them when they were reported to be somewhere else?
1: Yes, I was. Uh, The way we would get our newspapers, uh, we'd drive uh, down a country road, and they had to have the mailboxes out in front of their house, you know. We'd see a newspaper and we'd get it. Clyde would hand it over to Bonnie and say, See what we've done now. See how many banks we've robbed now in Texas. We're in Kansas.
0: While you were in Kansas, was Clyde accused of robbing a a bank in Texas? A bank
1: in Texas was robbed when I was with Clyde and Bonnie in Kansas. And they were accused of of it.
0: Billie Jean, we've mentioned that you served time because of your association with Clyde and with your sister. How old were you when you were first arrested?
1: I was about 18 and a half, the sheriff in Dallas sent some deputies out and took me to jail. And he questioned me. And he got mad because I didn't know anything, wouldn't tell him anything. So he puts me in the psycho ward.
0: Did you really know anything?
1: We never knew anything.
0: What was his charge against you?
1: He just kept me. He was trying to scare me, see. He thought I knew something, and if he put me up there for a while, it would scare me, and I would tell him. His chief deputy at that time was out of town. And just as soon as he came back, my mother got in touch with him and told him that I was being held in jail in, in that psycho ward. And he came up about 1.30 one morning and told me to come out. And he let me call my mother, and he told mother, he told me to tell mother that I would be home the first thing the next morning. And then um, they arrested me far a double murder. I, I left Dallas, and I went to East Texas. I had a better chance of working down there where people didn't know me, and I was working down there. I had been working two weeks, and uh district attorney came down, and he got uh, the policemen from the county seat to come over there, and they picked me up, they took me to one jail, to Longview, and then they took me to Hatching. Nobody knew where I was. My mother didn't know. They wouldn't let anybody know where I was. And, and they put me in Fort Worth, and they had guards all around there. It was a bait, thinking that Bonnie and Clyde, as close as Bonnie and I was, that she, after she found out that they were holding me for double murder, that she would come over and try to get me out.
0: Did you know where Bonnie and Clyde were at that time? No,
1: we never knew where they were.
0: Who committed the double murder?
1: The person that had Bonnie and Clyde, that told the police where Bonnie and Clyde would be at this certain time when they were killed.
0: You had nothing to do with it? I had nothing
1: to do with it.
0: How much time did you serve?
1: I served a year and a day.
0: Gosh, Billie Jean, you were just a youngster at that time. How old were you?
1: I was 20 when when Bonnie got killed.
0: And how old was she?
1: Bonnie was 24.
0: And how old was Clyde?
1: Uh, I think Clyde was 26.
0: Never got to see much of life, did they?
1: No, they didn't.
0: Billie Jean, what can you tell us about how Bonnie and Clyde died? Where did this happen?
1: Well, it happened around Arcadia... Louisiana and uh, they were one of the boys that escaped the penitentiary when Raymond Hampton escaped was with Bonnie and Clyde for months. Clyde and Bonnie were so tired they wanted a place just to rest. So they bought this Henry Methvin's mother and father a little farm down in Louisiana i don't know how long they uh they'd stay maybe two or three nights but anyway i was in jail for this double murder bonnie might have been and come to dallas to find out something if she possibly could about me i don't know because i was in jail bonnie and Clyde left the farm and they told mr metham and henry his son when to expect them back. Maybe a a couple of days, I don't know. What time and all. In The meantime, while they were gone, they went to the town and uh, they informed the police that Bonnie and Clyde would be back down that road at around nine o'clock, May the 23rd, 1934.
0: Was this nine o'clock in the morning?
1: Nine o'clock in the morning. So, they some of the policemen were from Dallas, and they were some Texas Rangers. I don't know how many they were, but anyway, they hid on the side, behind trees and brush and everything. And they, Mr. Methpen, they told Mr. Methpen to get his truck and pretend that he was fixing a flat. And naturally, Bonnie and Clyde would stop to see if Clyde could help him. Well, that's what happened. And when they started shooting, of course, Mr. Methvin got out of the way. And that's when Bonnie and Clyde were killed. The undertaker that we took Bonnie to, I think he said she had about 10 pounds of bullets in her.
0: Some people may believe that Clyde had left the car to go help Mr. Methvin. Billie Jean, did he get out of the car?
1: Clyde never had a chance to get out of the car. The the doors were never open. Bonnie had a sandwich in her hand, in her right hand she was eating that sandwich. Her hand was shot half off. They were at least a thousand rounds of bullets fired.
0: Billie Jean, you were in jail at this time.
1: Yes, I was in jail, and um, we had my mother had had so many calls of people uh, calling mother saying your daughter's been killed and this and that, you know. So when Mother got the telephone call this particular morning, they said, I think it was a news reporter that called Mother and told her that Bonnie had been killed and told her where. My mother fainted. My aunt, she picked up the telephone and said, Who is this? Why do you keep calling my sister and doing these things to her? And they said, Lady, this is authentic.
0: Can you recall your feelings? upon learning that Bonnie had died?
1: Yes, I was in jail, and the sheriff came up and told me that Bonnie had been killed. Well, I can't exactly explain how I felt. All the time I was thinking of my mother and how she was taking it. I I did get to go to Bonnie's funeral with about eight carloads of deputy sheriffs fallen in in front and fallen in the back what they were afraid of i my brother weighed 135 pounds. they were afraid that, that my brother was going to do something i guess try to get me away from them well i went to the funeral then they i didn't get to go to the cemetery
0: did your mother attend the funeral yes how old was your mother at this time
1: my mother was 48 years old when Bonnie got killed.
0: And her health reasonably good?
1: No, her health was, wasn't was uh, too good at that time.
0: How did Bonnie's death affect your mother?
1: My mother... Well, the biggest part of my mother died. Ten years later, we buried my mother.
0: Billie Jean, how did Bonnie's death affect you? Now we know how Bonnie Parker and Clyde Barrow lived and how they died, how they loved and suffered during their brief time together. Crime really doesn't pay. You've heard the heartbreak that came to their friends and loved ones. You've heard the problems created by two young people in love who took some of life's detours.